Big Show live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Want to remind you about our friends at SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. Time for what's going on where we check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network. You ready to go, Gordo? I am ready. Let's start things off with DJ and PK. They uh, chatted with Joe Ingles. The Joe Ingles show uh, was this morning, and uh, let's get a couple minutes of that. I don't want to make a big deal about one game and say, oh, my gosh, uh, the Celtic game was a must-win. But I think it was important to win. How do you feel about that when you go into that game where you lost the game, you didn't play well and all that stuff? Do you, do you think of that mindset, or do you just take it as another game along the schedule? Yeah, I mean, I don't think at this point it's, it wasn't like we were, we were down uh, 3-1 or whatever. Like, it wasn't yeah. a must-win. We didn't... Uh, if we'd lost, we weren't knocked out of the NBA. Um, but in terms, like you said, like it's important, and obviously we wanted to get back on the right track, and um, we hadn't played well um, for, for those kind of first two games, even the, the first game out of break um, against Houston. We obviously won the game, but we gave up a 20 or whatever point lead, but um, played well in stretches, I guess, there, but obviously to give up that lead, and then Golden State was probably more bad than good. So obviously, coming into this one, and and obviously like Boston's a really good team too. So I think just making sure, um, and that's where I think the the long flight and the long day and all that can or could easily be a distraction. And oh well, we we did have a a long day of travel, a full kind of full day of travel. It's it's easy to chalk it up as. Uh, a bit too like kind of a little bit too hard and, and move on to the next one but I think everyone obviously the way we played those first two games we, we wanted to kind of flick the switch a little bit and, and, and just get rolling a little bit I, I think I don't think we'd played I think we shot 43 I don't know if we'd shot 40 in those first two um, if we did it didn't feel like we did I think we played a lot more like ourselves yesterday um, on both ends of the floor defensively and, and offensively Um so yeah, it was it was good to, like I said, kind of flick that switch on how we had played those first couple of games, and and again get a good win against a, a really good team who's who's playing a lot better than kind of what they were at different times this year. So in the time I've been here, a lot of jazz players have come and gone, and you forget a lot of stuff. But there's usually a snapshot or two for each player you kind of remember. And I think when that time comes for you, what I'm going to remember is you <laughs> hitting a three in front of the opposing bench and more often than not turning over your shoulder and telling them something as you head back down court. You did it again against the Celtics, and I'm wondering – when you do that most of the time, is it just for the sheer joy of talking trash to the bench? Is it because you know somebody on the bench and you need to specifically talk to them? Or they've been yapping at you and we just don't know it, and you're getting in the second word because they fired the first shot. What was it against Boston, and what is it usually? Uh, usually it's A, B, or C. Um, <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't mind. Last night, um, one of the young guys there was – Obviously, I, I think it was one of the ones Donovan or whoever threw it to me threw a high, and I just shot it from where it was. And they yelled something out, and I just turned and gave him a little wink. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's honestly different. Obviously, if there's a guy I know, I'm more than happy to say something to him. Um, 
obviously it was a lot more fun when the bench was a bit kind of like closer and mm-hmm. the normal um, seating arrangement because there was everybody was right there. Um, when now you just get a couple of them right there. So um, yeah, honestly, it, I just whatever. I, I, I think a lot of the time you. I mean, if you're in that corner in front of the bench, uh, and I guess it's the same on the other side when the crowd is normally there and there's courtside seats and they're literally like one large step away from you. (laughs) Um, As they see the ball coming or whatever it is, and uh, having a shot that looks a little funny and awkward probably doesn't help too. Um, But it's more of like a you go going to catch the ball and they're yelling something to try and distract you or whatever. So just got to let them know that I don't get distracted by these people. <laughs> they don't bother me. So I am curious if St. Patrick's Day is a thing in Australia or not so much. Absolutely. You get to drink beer. Anything that you get to drink beer in Australia <laughs> is a thing. Mate. There it Fosters. is. Fosters. Yeah, not Foster's, but anything else. <laughs> no, it's a um, yeah, it's pretty popular. I mean, it's I'm saying this coming from a guy who hasn't lived in Australia since I was 12 years ago. Um, but no, it's always a most Australians will find any excuse to be able to go and have a beer and watch them. Uh, the AFL starts, I think, this week, this weekend. So. Everyone will be able to go to the pub and watch the AFL and have a beer and be very sensible. There you go. The Joe Ingalls show from earlier today with DJ and PK. Um, It's funny. I'm sure he gets tired of the Foster's jokes. Isn't that funny how that, that has become like the, the beer of uh, that we associate with Australia because of a marketing campaign. Yet nobody in Australia can even stand the stuff. I know that's that's what's so remarkable about it. You know, you'd think that they hate shrimp too. Okay. You know? Or or yeah, or people that say they sound too Australian. Yeah, people like that. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like one that? of the reasons I love <laughs> like that. <laughs> like that. Do you think he would have two Fosters? So this is one of the reasons I love it that Joe does the the Joe Ingalls show is that the guys ask him questions that fans ordinarily wouldn't hear answers to. Like the whole back and forth when he shoots in front of the bench and the the, the conversation that goes on, you know, that that's fun to hear Joe talk about that. What goes through your mind? Why do you do it? He said for all reasons, essentially. And then I, I I didn't know whether, you know, it's 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 fun to hear him talk about the way St. Pat- Patrick's Day is is celebrated down down under. You know, I I, I love that stuff. Just well, hearing it from Joe, you know, talking like we're all just a bunch of friends hanging around the the bar or the table the table at the restaurant, whatever. It's it, it's terrific insight. Not that it's anything overly profound, but that's the beauty of it, really. I mean, he's not over there pontificating; he's just talking. And he did talk about uh, the game last night. And, uh, you know, he mentioned uh, another reason. Well, a reason I think the, the win last night was important is Boston is good and they've been playing better uh, as of late. This this was a Boston team that was more complete and playing better than the last time these two teams faced each other. And the Jazz came out with a, with a hard-fought victory. So 
I think there was a number of important things uh, about last night's game, but Joe's right. They beat a good team. Yeah, they did. And I thought, and I've been saying all along, Jake, and I, I don't know whether, did you come along with me that last night's game was really important? Because I thought it was. It was. It's nothing's critical, unless you're in the playoffs, like like Joe said, and you're you're down three one or something like that. But uh, but it was it was important for the Jazz to reestablish themselves. And you heard uh, you heard Joe say that, and you've heard others say that the Jazz felt more like the Jazz last night, and that's what they needed to do to get back in that mode. And uh, and they achieved it last night. So, uh, you know, I, I can come along with you. The win was less important than the way they played, I thought. And maybe that's easy to say in hindsight, but I, I don't think the win was as like, – like they beat Houston the other night, right? And that barely counts as a win. It didn't matter. You know, that they didn't well, play that very was, well. Well, but that was an extreme case because no, but Houston that, – that, that was a G League team. No, but I get, my point is that even though they won, that was a bad game. That was a bad sign. Yeah, so even true. though there there was that W, that that was not good. And Quinn Snyder gave the most aggressive post game uh, press conference that I've heard him give this year, which is interesting. And and actually, I don't think any coincidence that it did come after a win. But in in the case last night, I think it's it's more important that they went back to playing the way that they were successful playing because they got away from that for some reason for yeah. a few games. So I I thought that was the most important part of it. And and yeah, I'm sure they tell you. Uh, the W is nice, but uh, if they would have played the way that they were playing, the ugly over dribbling, all that sort of thing, and didn't play defense, but somehow won a 135 to 134 game, I don't know if I'd feel the same. Uh, okay, well, that's fair enough, but I think the win was more important than you do. Because, I mean, think about it. Uh, they played in that Philadelphia game, they, they played pretty well in that game, and they lost it, and it was like a punch to the gut course everybody blamed the refs but it was it was a punch to the gut so it's if you don't get the payoff at the end i i'm not sure i'm not sure how good that feels you know? okay i i think it's important they got back to playing the way that uh, that they were playing the the ball movement the the defense most importantly that they they had the focus and they guarded and in fact in that first quarter when they were losing that might have been the most important quarter of the game because their shots weren't going and they didn't get boat raced out of the game they played some defense and they held Boston in check until they could get their offense going I thought that was critical and, and they were essentially handing the ball over to the Celtics turning right. the ball over so much yeah so I you know I thought those things were were critical because I don't I don't that's how they have to play to win. And in the, come the playoffs, it'll be a little different because game plans and you play the same team over and over again. I mean, adjustments have to be made, and you might have to change what you do a little bit. So I, I understand that. But, I mean, this team is the has the best record in the league because of that style of play. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I see both sides. But I think the win needs to be there, too, uh, just for the psyche, for the health of the team overall. But we'll see how they follow it up, you know, with the back-to-backs coming up. And, yeah, they need to keep it moving. Uh, can't sit there and go, oh, okay, now we're satisfied because we played the way we normally do and we, we got the win. They, they've got to maintain it. And the word that you've used so often, Jake, is sustained. Will they sustain? And that, that's that's what I'm curious to see. And that's what makes the back half of the season so intriguing, you know, because they've set this high standard for themselves. Can they live up to it? 
That's that, and and one sign of that, Jake and I. I'm little. I was a little surprised when we talked about this earlier in the show, and I brought up that exchange between Donovan Mitchell and and Jalen Brown, and you and you didn't you didn't really notice that or, or think it was significant in any way, when uh, for those who might have missed the game or didn't see that part of it, Donovan uh, got uh, a foul called on him. When uh, when Jalen Brown used a little uh, something extra, Donovan fell down, and when he got back up, Jalen Brown patted him on the butt, and Donovan almost it kind of looked like a slap, didn't didn't it? He, he kind of slapped Brown in the arm, and he's like, "Get away from me," you know. And I I think that's important. Those are the things that I think indicate how bad the Jazz want, how badly. And how uh, how it's in, the competitive side is important to them because Donovan so often uh, in the past when he was a younger player it seemed like he wanted to be popular with the other stars in the league and was it Chris Webber last night who pointed out I forget who or maybe it was Shaq I'm not sure but somebody was talking about the importance of the younger uh, emerging stars to uh, to confront one another. And say, hey, this is my league now, and I th- I sense that from Donovan Mitchell more so, than I have in the past, the, the and reason, I think that's a, just a small little indication of it. I know it's not that big a deal, but it's just a little hint. Okay, I the reason I don't think it's a big deal is because I have never doubted Donovan's competitive nature. I've never doubted his fire, his competitiveness. That's never not been there for him. Have so you ever seen him like, confront? Not, have you ever seen him treat an opponent like that? Like that? It doesn't matter. I, I mean, we've seen Donovan with competitive like moments and stuff like that. I mean, it is a rookie. He stormed off the floor like in that. Oklahoma City and said, we're not coming back here and yeah, used some true. choice words. I mean, I guess, like, you, you say, like, holy cow, we're seeing this from Donovan finally. I'm not Never, saying, not, no, 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 don't overcook what I'm saying. I, I'm saying it's just a little hint of his competitive nature, and he expressed that to an opponent. And I think that's a, that's a healthy sign. But I've never doubted it. I've never thought that that wasn't there. I haven't seen so, him slap another player like that very often. Well, I don't uh, care about him slapping another player. That I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's you're you're pointing it out that it's important because it's a sign of something else, right? I mean, that's what I'm getting from you, saying it's important because it's a sign of his competitiveness or that he's not BFFs with the other team or it's a sign of those sorts of things, right? Am I getting you right there? I, I, I think it's a sign. And you're right. You bring up uh, other instances where he showed fire. I think he's always we, had We have that. seen that. But I, what I'm I don't saying. know. I, I just haven't seen him push an, essentially push another player away from him because he was so fired up. I, that, that's pretty rare. Well, I, don't, I guess I, think, I don't need I think to it's see healthy. him do that to believe that that's there. I think that's always been there. I don't need to see that. Well, I did. Oh, I, okay. I'm just getting. I'm. I'm getting clear with you. You. You brought up the point that I didn't think that that was as important as you did. I'm just explaining why. Yeah, I think he's I, I, the, the ultimate competitor, and his his buddy buddy, or he wants to be friends with the stars or whatever. I mean, I that's that would be a big deal to me if it affected his performance on the floor in some way. And I just don't. I don't think it ever has. I I think it is an indication of growth. I, I think he is getting hungrier and hungrier. And uh, we're going to play some sound later in the show uh, from uh, from uh, Dame Dame Dalla, 
and I, I it's it, it was what he said last night after after the way he played in the game that was televised after the Jazz Celtics showed enormous maturity and growth and strength, and I I think this was an indication of Donovan demonstrating more strength. Now it, maybe that fire is always burned that way, but I I think I think he's getting hungrier and hungrier. And yeah, I think progress okay. is being made in that regard. I okay. I I hear you. I I don't, I've always seen that in Donovan. I guess I I don't know if that's maybe that's something that's improved over his career. I just I don't know. I've never really questioned that about him. To be honest, but, never but questioned in, it about in, uh, Rudy Junction. It's in conjunction with the other leadership qualities that we're seeing this year out of Donovan, uh, and I think some of it is born out of confidence. Uh, uh, he's he's no longer a youngster in the league. He's a veteran now, and uh, he's uh, signed that contract, and he's trying to lead his team. And he's not always the most efficient, and he again, he wasn't last night. In every way, but uh, but I, I I do I sense a renewed fire in him, and I've not talked with him about that, so I don't know whether it's always been there or not. But I see signs of it, uh, sort of enlarging uh, within him in a manner that is healthy for the team overall. I think it's it's part of the reason he gets better every year is because he's had that competitive drive. I think it's part of the reason that he uh, he said what he did to Shaq on national television is because of that competitive drive. And you heard him; he's, every, people have been saying that about me my whole career. You know, I I think it's part of what makes him him. But he's got this happy go lucky nature that it makes him fun. I think to follow because he's having fun. But I don't I don't think that that detracts from the competitiveness i think that has always been there i really do right okay so maybe it always has been there i just think it's growing i think there's a uh, every every season that has gone by the whole thing has become more urgent to him and uh, i think that's an expression of it by the well, way real it... quick what did what did you think of shaq's comment about jordan clarkson being the most important player on the jazz list i got to admit gordon i didn't see it in context i did see it repeated online so i don't know what comments uh, preceded or or came after it i really had no i i mean i had no interest in what shaq had to say after the game but i did see well, I thought, that uh, i think I thought, uh, I thought it was interesting i i I thought it was an interesting perspective on his part. Well, did he give a reason? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. All I saw was the Jordan Clarkson is the most important player on the team. I think it's a lift that he gives the team off the bench. I think that's what he was getting at. But he also said that the Jazz 1 and 2 is Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles. Yeah, I don't, I Almost think Jack, in the same sentence. See, I think you could – I would listen to a, an argument about Jordan Clarkson being that important. I might not agree with it, but I'll, I'll listen to the argument. I think you could probably spin it that way. I don't think – and, again, lacking context, my guess is that's not why Shaq said that. Why do he you He said so? that because he loves dragging the Jazz and trolling Rudy in particular. Oh, uh, yeah, but he didn't say he was the best player. He just said he was important, and who knows what his motivation is in that regard. But I – I think about it. Uh, a big difference between last year's team and this year's team is that firepower off the bench. Right, right. I I think uh, Rudy Gobert is the most important player on the Jazz. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't agree with Shaq. That's why I was wondering if he had any explanation or context or whatever. I mean, but if you want to make that argument like you just did, that the lift off the bench is what was lacking last year and now is here this year with Jordan Clarkson and he's responsible for that. Like I said, I'll, I'll listen to that argument. I just don't think that's what Shaq was trying to I, do. I think that you could argue better Jordan Clarkson might be the most important bench player in the NBA yeah, rather sure. than the most yeah. important player on the Jazz. For sure. Yeah. I think he just wants to get under Jazz fans and Rudy's skin. Rudy Gobert, uh, in particular. I, I don't think I don't think that was his motivation. It was funny because they were bringing up some other topic, and uh, and he was asked about it, and he said they already don't like me in Utah, so I got to be you know a little more careful about that. So I don't think he was trying to stir it up. But I, I do think he was trying to. Okay, everyone always talks about Donovan Mitchell. Everybody talks about Rudy Gobert, and he was trying to come up with a. A new take. That's why I said it. Yeah, I, I think I thought it was a troll job myself, but and I wouldn't put it. Shaq's been trolling Rudy all year, so I don't know why that would why that would stop last night. What was the nickname he came up for for Rudy uh, Austin? What oh, was I that? Have no idea. Do you remember? Wasn't it something baguette or something? Oh, uh, the, the skinny baguette. I, I don't remember. I can't remember what it was, but I mean, it's not like it's it's new. Uh, from Shaquille O'Neal, but um, baguette. I, I, thought, I, I also I also thought it was interesting that Dwayne Wade said if he could come back as any player, he'd want to be uh, Jordan Clarkson, come in off the bench and just shoot all day long. Baguette Biombo. That's right, Austin. Baguette Biombo. What an insult! That is such an insult. Could Shaq get looking, away with calling anybody else in the league a name that insulting? Jake, you're looking for reasons to be offended, man. Come on. Baguette Biombo? Doesn't mean anything. Baguette Biombo doesn't mean anything? Doesn't mean a thing. Okay. All right, we are live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Clayton is jumping on with us once again. What's going on, Clayton? How's it going? Good, good. How are you? Speaking of disrespect, did you see the, ah, oh, what's his name? I forgot. On the Celtics, who uh, kind of spanked Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Jalen Brown. Gordon was just talking about that. Mm -hmm. The disrespect is real. It just frustrates me when I open up in social media, it's all like, Three different social media platforms, big social media platforms that post about the Utah Jazz Celtics game, and they show like that play, but not the Jazz won. Right. <laughs> like what? What? What was the guy's name who spanked? Uh... Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown put Spider on skates. That's what their post is, but not that the Jazz are their best team in the league and won the game. Got to get those folks in Boston watching. That's true. Yeah. Good point. All those eyeballs. Speaking of eyeballs, come down to the warehouse and we'll save you some money with some great deals. Absolutely. What are we, what are we talking about this time? I want to talk about we had another loyal customer come in and she bought a mattress protector. Okay. So something we do here at the warehouse um, that not all our, all our competitors do is we do what we call a 60-day lay guarantee, right? So let's say you come in and we talked about last break uh, getting a new mattress, throwing out the old mattress – 15-year-old, you know, wedding gift that you got and getting a brand new mattress will take care of that mattress and get a mattress protector. And with a mattress protector, we do what's called the, the lay guarantee. Now, what does a lay guarantee mean? That means when you buy it, you take it home. If you bought a mattress protector with us 
And let's say in 20 days you're like, oh, this is too hard. Let's say in two, three days you're like, ah, oh, this is too soft. I want something harder, more firm, or vice versa. A little too, little too firm, I want something a little softer. Well, we offer, we offer the leg guarantee with the mattress protector. It's something we have to do with the health department. 50 bucks for a mattress protector. Yeah, sweet. And you can have, you can have our, our, we'll do, we'll call it the 60 days. Okay. 60 day lay guarantee. You get a mattress protector. I'm going to make sure you're taken care of within those 60 days, whether you like it or don't like that mattress. And by the way, even if you keep the mattress, the mat- mattress protector is awesome. Well, exactly. You know, it, it's water, it's every liquid proof. Let's just put it that I, way. We've got one on our bed. I'll tell you that. Bug. It helps you from bug beds. Which, you know, you think in Utah, dry, we don't really have bug bed problems. You have bug bed problems everywhere. It doesn't right. matter if it's humid. It doesn't matter if it's dry. There's bug bugs everywhere. The best part about it is they're machine washable as well. So come in here. Pick out a mattress. You just got that stimulus check. I know we talked about it a lot. But literally the lady, when she came in and bought it, she literally just said, I just got the stimulus check. I need a mattress protector now. She's the one that bought the. She's the one that bought the bed that you you guys were like super excited. Yeah, for. last time. Yeah, yeah. We oh, were talking it. about the picture. Yeah. Her. She's like got the stimulus check. Now I want to get the mattress protector. Perfect. Take care of my mattress. Awesome. It's something I would definitely recommend. It's fifty extra dollars plus you get the lay guarantee. We're here to take care of you. Make sure that you're happy with that mattress. Uh, that mattress per, uh, purchase. And again, like I said in last break. For seven ninety nine, you can come get a brand new mattress, invest in your health, and start living and sleeping the way you want to. And it's half the cost of our our competitors, especially with this uh, this sixty day lay guarantee. Amazing, eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West. Come take advantage of it. Now is the time. We'll have more big show coming up next. Ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live at the warehouse today, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. Take advantage of the great deals going on right now. Gordon, let's uh, talk a little bit uh, about Utah and their vacant head coaching position again. We talked a little bit about it in the 2 o'clock hour, but I want to I ask you a question. And uh, we brought it up with Chris Dobertine uh, in the 3 o'clock hour, I guess. But let me ask you this, plain and simple. How good a job is that? Um, well, on the one hand, I think Utah is a proud basketball tradition. I don't know what the modern high school player thinks about going to uh, to Utah. Uh, how difficult is it to get uh, really top-notch players to, to, to play there? Uh, I, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, it seems like it would be It's a terrific school. It's uh, got that tradition that we talked about. Uh, Kyle Whittingham seems to be getting good athletes in this football program. Well, why? Why not basketball? Why? Why? So th- that would make it a decent, uh, strong job, wouldn't it? 
Well, I don't think football and basketball are comparable. Why? That closely. Because it takes so many – because football is the ultimate team sport, right? I mean, one great player on a football team does not a great team make. Right. Whereas in basketball, I mean, one great player – uh, will take you a long, long way. But so, you, had, you had examples of three NBA players to come to the program not that long ago. So, I mean. No, I hear that, you. I, I'm just saying, you know. I, I, I'm sorry. I just didn't think football and basketball from like, well, you can get talented football players, why not basketball? I just think it's a, a different world. I just didn't get the comparison there. Well, well if you consider the Kyle Kuzma's in the NBA, Jakob Pertl's in the NBA, and DeLon Wright's in the NBA. I mean, those guys, it's, that's not like ancient history. It's been a no, while. No, it's but, not. You know, and I'm, so I'm you not... can get – isn't that what most players want? They want to go somewhere where that will give them a, a wide open lane to the to the league? Uh, if I know the way young people think, I think whether that's realistic or not, they kind of think that way. So, I, I you know, I, but, but I'm not sure. I mean – But isn't in uh, basketball, and I, I believe this, in basketball they're going to – they're going to find you. In football, I think it's a little different because you can get lost on a uh, on a team and you can certainly get lost on a bad team. In basketball, you know, if you go and dominate the West Coast Conference and you're an NBA guy, they're going to find you, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, it, I think it's a little bit different than football in that way. But I agree with your overall point. The Utah has had NBA players in the past. I mean, it, you would think that that would mean that they could do it again, but you've got to get the, that's why this hire is so important because you have to have the coach that not only can identify those players, but get them to Utah. And I think it has a lot to do with the charisma of the coach. Uh, I, I think if you're a salesperson and you know how to couch it, if you're, if you have a program that is a storied program like Kentucky or, or Duke, maybe you don't need that so much. But if you're an up-and-coming, if you're the kind of program that has something to prove, then the, I think the charisma of the coach is hugely important. Well, I I agree, depending on who you're recruiting, right? I mean, Rick Majerus wasn't the most charismatic guy, although you you hear stories about how good he was with parents, which is, which is interesting. But he identified Andre Miller when nobody else did and figured out a way to get him into school. Yeah. You know, he identified Keith Van Horn as somebody that, needed to put on a little weight and then would be a, a terrific player when nobody else was recruiting him, you know, in that Doliac, case, it wasn't Doliac, you know, similar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in that case, it wasn't necessarily charisma. It was, they had a coach who could really project, right. Which is comparing to football. One of Kyle Winningham's great strengths is he's really mm-hmm. good at projecting. Um, in the case of uh, Jakob Pertl, he wasn't overly recruited, right. Uh, they just found him overseas and DeLon Wright was a JC transfer, right. I believe so, yeah. And Kuzma's journey to the Utes, uh, I'd have to look more into that story, but there were some things that had to happen to get him to Utah, right? So in those cases, it's it's about projection and then figuring out how best to, to get them into the program. Wasn't Kuzma named in one of those shoe he was. speculations? Yeah, yeah, he, he was named so that, that. But, Austin, that's a great point because in the modern college game, to be great – do you have to cheat? Yep. I mean, I know that's easy to say, but is it true? 
And, and that, <laughs> if that's true, then I would hate recruiting against that. I would hate to be charismatic and be able to project like you were talking about, Jake, and dial in on a couple of really good players that would fit into your coaching style and you think you could make them stars and some other guy from some other place comes along and all of a sudden your recruit is gone? That would suck. Well, it certainly would be frustrating. Maybe that's – see, I, I've Utah's advantage in the Pac-12, in my opinion, is that they can get guys into school. You know, and so the next coach at Utah needs to be good at maybe taking on some projects like Kyle Whittingham has done in football or or guys that have different journeys to get to the program. I don't know if Utah's ever going to be a, you know, blue chip destination in basketball. And and by the way, that's no slight at Utah. That's true about most of college basketball, right? If you're not Kentucky or Duke or any of the, the big one and done schools or whatever, you're going to have to you know, find different ways to, to acquire and develop talent. Let me ask you this question, Jake. Okay, p- pick a school that uh, is, is uh, off, the, off the beaten path a little bit that is pretty successful. Can you think of one? Anything come to mind? The Mud Hens. Uh, well, no, I, mean, I mean, someone that is uh, at a certain level in college. But, but you could say, how about Wichita State? Does that work? I mean, they've, they've been, been at a pretty good level. Okay, I, okay. And that coach got fired, you know, uh, because of other things. But I mean, how if you can get players there, uh, uh, can't Utah get players who can take them to the tournament on a regular basis? Or is there some other shenanigans going on that that certain coaches don't want to don't want to get into? Well, I think coaches I, would tell you that they get the players because the players want to come play for the coach. <laughs> Are you implying that there is a whole lot of untruths being told? Uh, no, I, I'm just I, I'm implying that. I mean, why would you go play in Spokane, Washington? Because you're going to go play yeah. for Mark Few. Yeah, but he's established that. But how did he establish it? I mean, right. that group he has up there right now. We talk about talent. How in yeah. the world did they want to go to Spokane, Washington? Because he built because he built the program. But how did he do it? Well, good recruiting, probably. <laughs> what does that mean? What does well, that entail? I mean, you're angling at the that. Well, just give Utah permission to cheat, and I no, mean, no, I don't know. I'm not saying that. And, I'm just saying how difficult is it well, to go up must, against that? They must cheat in Spokane in order to to build the program. So I I don't I I get it that there's <laughs> that has a lot to do with everything, but you know, is if you're asking me, should should Utah hire somebody that's going to cheat? I'm waiting for your answer. I mean, is that what you're asking me? I, 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 no, I, I mean, that's would you not hire what I was, so Would you but, hire somebody that was going to come in and cheat? Well, if I were, I wouldn't t- say it publicly. But I, I, I just – my question was more oriented toward how, how do you compete against that? You ought to find a way or else you're going to get canned just like Larry. The, the, because I, the, the wins a, if, and losses matter too much. Okay, if I'm a really talented high school player, I'm good, man, and I've got a legis- I've got a, a legitimate shot at the NBA. The number one thing I would look for is not what you're going to pay me right now. It would be how good is that coach? What can that coach help me become? Can he help me reach my complete potential? Because I've got it, baby. How, is it going to be drawn out? Am I going to get that? Am I going to achieve that? 
If that coach is capable enough to do that, I'm I'm very tempted to come to your place. I don't care if it's Timbuktu. I don't care where it is. I, I want to go there because I, I think that guy will pay attention to me and make me better, make me the best I can be. I'm going there. I don't care if it's in Salt Lake City. Uh, it, 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 it's... You know, you could say, okay, well, then everybody would want to go to Duke or Carolina or these, you know. But sometimes you get in there and it gets really crowded and you don't get the attention you're looking for. Uh, That's why I think that perhaps if if Utah hires the right coach, maybe that'll speak to some kids. And I guess the cynic would say, well, there are other coaches who can do the same thing, but you get a little something extra. And uh, I don't, is that true? Uh, How widespread is that? I, I don't know. I don't know. I know it exists, but I don't know to what level. Yeah, but the the problem is, do you have any idea of Coach K is a good coach or not? I figure he's pretty good. Is he? Or does he just have all the best players in the country every year? Uh, I, I think it's probably a combination. But but that's, I mean, that's, that's the hard part. Do you hire a recruiter or do you hire a, a good X's and O's coach? Well, I, as I said, if I'm if I'm a, a bright prospect, I want a coach that has the capabilities to make me better, and that would be my number one priority. As far as uh, you know, you might look around and say, "Okay, what's the team going to look like? Can we make a long run into the NCAA tournament? And how will that? How will I be able to respond to that opportunity?" So it's not all about me, 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 me. But uh, I think that would be at the top of the list of priorities, much more important than getting $50,000 for this or that. I mean, I know some people are in need of money and, and all that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, you're going to get that. if you're. And I'm talking about elite players because uh, – or pretty close to being elite uh, because that's what you need. You need to get somebody like that. Yeah, you but need the, to get, you, as you talked about the other day, one of the problems with with uh, Utah of late has been that they haven't had NBA level players in the program, and uh, I believe I'm I'm remembering that correctly. Yeah, no, I I said that, but but I guess it's kind of the chicken and the egg thing, though, Gordon, because the best X's and O coach on the planet, we might never have even heard of him because nobody wants to play for him. <laughs> Why not? Because he's got a cantankerous personality because he i don't know smells bad well yeah well you know that's what i'm saying that's that's part of the definition of a good coach somebody that not only can teach you and can improve your skills but who also communicates well and uh you know you don't have to be freaking uh, some kind of maniac you don't have to be adolf rupp out there screaming at people and being stupid i mean you don't you don't need to do that uh, and, and a smart, good, really strong coach nowadays wouldn't be that. And that's part of Mark Harlan's challenge is to get a guy who covers all those bases, just like when Chris Hill found uh, found uh, Urban Meyer for football. And, okay, there might be some differences there, but there's some, a whole lot of similarities too. And believe me, I was one that was, was uh, all for uh, keeping Ron McBride there because I thought he lifted the program to a certain level that was better than what had gone before. But now I look back and I say those people who thought that Urban Meyer was a good idea, uh, including Chris Hill, he was right. So, I mean, can can you find, can you, it's kind of like we talk about coaches who are recruiting, able to spot talent, pick it out, 
somebody they can thrive uh, with and bringing them in. It's the same thing with an AD looking for a young, bright coach that might, you know, pick the guy who has the communication skills, who has the basketball knowledge, and who can make your program better than it's been. We've got the Knott's Sports Port next, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now, your Knott's Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. We've got uh, the Not Sports Report right now, uh, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Uh, We're going to, you know, I don't know if you've seen this, but a woman here in the U.S., she bought a... A hamburger and fries from McDonald's and kept it in the bag for 17 years to see what would happen. It's pretty gross. I can probably tell you what's going to happen. It's going to get moldy. Well, it's interesting that you say that because it did not get moldy. According to uh, apparently she unwrapped the bag on TikTok or whatever, and uh, just to, to say, to, you know, to show everybody what happened. Because they wanted to find out if the food was real. Well, apparently it smelled pretty bad as she opened the clip, I mean, the sure. bag. But the fries apparently looked the same. No mold. They looked the same. They were just hard. I mean, it was like... It was like when uh, somebody, for some reason, wanted to exhume Abraham Lincoln, and they exhumed his uh, his casket, and they and they inspected him for some reason. I can't remember what the reason was, and he looked exactly the same as he did the day they buried him, except for there was one little speck on his face that was some kind of growth or something. But that's what they found. Apparently, the fries looked the same. And the cheeseburger, um, <laughs> the cheeseburger, the burger looked the same. The cheese apparently was a bit of a was a bit of a, a problem. It, they said it looked like peanut butter, but that the patty itself didn't look too bad at all. Um, what do you make of that? I mean, do, I would expect it to be a complete mold farm but why do you think it wasn't uh, do you have any best guess uh, i have no clue preservatives there you go uh, <laughs> well, uh, just the the a 17 year old hamburger that uh did not smell particularly good but did not look that much different than what you would buy it, what it would what it would look like if you bought it yesterday that, that msg is a miracle worker yeah they don't put it in there uh, for no reason i suppose speaking of fries though mcdonald's fries are pretty good aren't they yeah they are good that's true do you ever worry about what you're eating nope not one next question 
<laughs> Don't people say that they're putting like steroids or something in milk or something? I probably, you know, I mean, have you, when you open a package from the grocery store, do you ever, or from a restaurant, a fast food place, do you ever wonder what's in here? Not at all. Not really. So is it good news or bad news that when they open the bag, the burger and the fries looked the same as they look if you buy it? I think today? it's bad news, but I'm still going to eat it. Good news? Good news. All right. All right. I mean, food stores can be a lot cheaper than what I see out there, if that's the case. I'm way more concerned about what would motivate somebody to do that. Like, I, I if I knew that woman uh, who who held on to a McDonald's bag for 17 years, I'd 100% suspect her of malfeasance. Someone someone was uh, quoted here saying, but uh, in order to decompose, you need certain conditions, specifically moisture, without sufficient moisture, either in the food itself or the environment. Bacteria and mold may not grow, and therefore decomposition is unlikely. Well, see, so you knew food, all along. Why were you asking us? So if food, because I want to get your reaction. So if food is or becomes dry enough, it's unlikely to grow mold or bacteria or decompose. It says here that food prepared at home that is left to dehydrate could see similar results. Look closely. The burgers you are seeing are likely dried out and dehydrated. I think that's the same thing. And, it, and by no means the same as the day they were purchased. The reality is that burgers are made only with 100% USDA-inspected beef. There are no preservatives or fillers in the, the patties, and the only thing ever added is a touch of salt and pepper on the <laughs> okay. grill. I, I think that's from an employee. Yeah, okay, Ronald McDonald. We believe you. <laughs> All right, David Locke's going to join the show coming up next. Uh, but Clayton is jumping on with us once again from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. And, Clayton, you're breaking out the big guns today, big deals today. I wanted to, well, I have to bring out the big guns. Right? Tof was on last week, so, you know, older brothers got to outdo younger brothers. Got to show them up, yeah. yeah. Of course. I wanted, to re I wanted to retouch on the Naomi special. Let's do it. Uh, we talked about it earlier, probably for the listeners that were listening the beginning of the show. Now we're winding down the end of the show. I want to talk about the Naomi special, which is one of the best specials we've ever done on an adjustable bed. The Naomi special is a head-up only queen adjustable base with your choice of two different mattresses. One of the mattresses is a 13-inch individual pocketed coiled hybrid. So it has the springs on the bottom and then the memory foam gel infused on top at $7.99. Wow. So basically, you're, you're buying this mattress, and I'm giving you the adjustable head-up-only uh, base for free. Amazing. My competitors next door, you can't even buy that mattress for $7.99. Now I'm doing the adjustable base and mattress at that price. You're doing the whole thing. Let's say you don't want the traditional fill. You want the more memory foam that kind of the younger kids are buying off the Internet. It's like the inner, the, the mattress in a box. Right. The rolled taco kind of whatever deal, right? Mm -hmm. That's that memory foam gel infused. If you want that mattress, I can do the exact same deal. The the queen head-up adjustable base with, with the memory foam. Uh, gel infused memory foam mattress, five ninety nine. That's incredible. So, if you need an adjustable base, you have a queen size. This is the best deal we've ever offered in queen size. 
We did it. We did a Vidal special uh, a couple weeks ago. This is the Naomi special. Five ninety nine gets you an adjustable base and a mattress. Seventy ninety nine gets you that hybrid adjustable base and, and mattress. Here only in the Salt Lake location of the warehouse, and only I think that that's the best deal. I would say in the country. Yeah, I I would believe it. I mean, people can come in. You'll show them online and the prices. And everything I'll show you online the price. The prices. We'll take care of you. We'll get you an adjustable base and a mattress for the the same price that our, our our competitors are doing. Just mattress only. Wow, there you go. Take advantage of it. Eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West, the Naomi Special. Come on in and get it. We appreciate you, Clayton. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll have uh, David Locke next. Ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone.